Come on, just for another moment, let's give the Lord some praise. Has he been good to you? Has he done it for you? Isn't he worthy of all we can give unto him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. You could be seated. And that is your textbook definition of a preacher. Powerful. I um I won't take time to do all the other things, but I do have to honor my bishop. following the first service it was I need to speak to you grab these and and, hey you're going to be speaking today and while my flesh may be are you kidding right now (laughs) you know I was planning to go to my office and put the recliner up and relax for a little bit but there is no question in my spirit of Sir, I don't want to do that. Um, are you sure you want to? It's, Bishop, you need me right now. Whatever you need, I am going to be there. So I love this man, and I trust him with my well-being, with my soul. Whatever he needs, I'm going to do what I can. Whatever the Lord has given me the ability to provide for him, that's what I want to do. And there's no question of... But can I right now? It's No, it doesn't matter what else is going on. I'm going to drop whatever I thought I was going to do, and whatever this man needs, I'm going to be there. And I give, I give honor to all the staff. I just want to say, and to the church, everybody here, there is a unity that I feel in the house today that is so deep. It, I can... It's new depths of unity that God is taking this body and is pressing us together. And is it's not, there's no competition. There's no arguing. There's no, I don't know if I want to fellowship with that person over there. It's, God, this is my brother. This is my sister. And you have joined us together. And I am not going to fight against anything, Lord, that you are trying to do in this body. Whatever you want me to be. If I thought I was going to be that and you exalt someone else there, it does not matter to me because this body is unified and I don't want to be the source of division. God is doing too much here for us to get carnal in our minds and think that we should be something other than what God has asked us to be at this moment. I have to stay where God has called me to be and say, whatever your will is, God, that's what I submit to. We know that this body is going places, and we know that there are a lot of naysayers. There are a lot of people that want to judge this body, that want to speak against what God is doing here because they say, well, God is speaking about it, 
but we're not seeing it. Like Brother Brent said, it's not going to be, God, how are you going to do this? It's how are you still doing this? How do you continue to do this? It's going to happen. But I've I've been thinking about Joseph uh, and reading in Genesis, and and there's something uh, else in the New Testament that I feel like the Lord just kind of tied together for me. I've been thinking about Joseph, and he was the least in his family. He was the youngest. At the time, God gave him the dreams of of greatness. Now, Joseph, being uh, a little bit immature, shouldn't have blabbed his dreams to his brothers. He shouldn't have told them about all the greatness. But this church is, is considered very, very small in other people's eyes. This body is not held in high honor. It's that little church on the south side of San Antonio. And I have to say, I've got South Sider blood, okay? My dad grew up on the South Side, all right? He played Little League down here at Foster Academy. Okay, I'm a, I'm a South Sider by heart, right? I inherited that. So don't talk about the South Side of San Antonio, okay? There's nothing wrong with this church on 350 Utopia Lane. Just because it's not on 1604 on the North Side does not mean that God cannot do something here. God is doing great things. He's going to continue to do great things. And he's going to fulfill every promise that he has spoken, just like he did in Joseph's life. But the problem is those who thought they were mightier and higher than he said, he will be nothing. How could you ever think this is going to happen? And so they began to rise up against him and conspire and speak against him. And they said, we got to do something to get rid of this. This has to be stopped. We cannot allow this to continue. And there are individuals that would love nothing more than to stop what is going on here. There are spirits in high places that want to stop what God is doing in this place. And they are influencing individuals to try to conspire against what God is doing at First UPC. And when I read that story, I think, is there not one brother who had enough sense to say, no. That is our flesh and blood. That is our family. How can we allow these things to happen? Is there not one? And we almost find that. We read about Reuben, and we think, why, why? come on, Reuben, you were so close. He said, listen, we're not going to lay a hand on him. Let's just throw him in this pit over here. Because in his heart, he wanted to stop what his brethren were trying to do to the chosen one. In his heart, he knew it was right. But Reuben did not go about it the proper way. Because he didn't have enough wisdom to stand up and say, Joseph, come with me. I'm taking you home. I'm taking you to our father. Instead, he said, let's put him in that dark, lonely pit. And then he left, thinking that that was going to be enough. And he left Joseph with the rest of the brethren that were just conspiring to take his blood. Is there not one that would be willing to say, stop that? It is wrong. We are family. Own flesh and blood, brethren. Brethren. 
So instead of speaking up and grabbing Joseph by the hand and saying, I'm coming with you. You're not leaving my side. We're in this together. He allowed him to be on his own and to be in that pit. And he was sold into slavery by the rest of the brethren. Is there not one who's willing to stand with First UPC and say, you are our brethren. I may not understand what God is doing, but I will stand. I will stand with you because whether I agree with you or not, the fact that we are blood, we are covered by the same blood filled with the same spirit, I cannot allow what the plans of evil are against you to prosper. Sold into slavery anyways. Allowed it to happen. Came back. What happened to Joseph? We sold him into slavery. Reuben's foolishness, he should have stuck around and taken him by the hand, but he left him alone. And instead of speaking up at that point, instead of chasing after the slave traders, instead of going to buy back his brother, instead of redeeming him to the family, He said, well, let's come up with a plan to hide our actions. I'll be in it with the rest of these guys, but the one that was innocent, I don't want to associate with any longer. Sold into slavery. We know it was the will of God for him to go to Egypt, for God to do some things in his life. God does something in the loneliness God does something in the isolation. God does something when you're in a pit with no escape, when you're thrust into prison with no way to get out. God knows what he's doing, and if we would allow him in those times of loneliness, in the trials, God does something and produces a great anointing. And that is what has happened here at First UPC. There is a great anointing that's being produced in this entire body because of the loneliness, because of the isolation. Because of the willingness to say, God, if I got to go on this by myself, if it's just us, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It doesn't matter that I've been forsaken by my brethren. Whatever you desire for me to do, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. And so we find at the end of the trials and at the end of everything Joseph went through, he's been exalted to a high place. He is in charge of everything that is Pharaoh's. He has free reign to do whatever he wants in the land of Egypt. The only thing he cannot have is the throne. And I believe God is preparing this body. He's preparing this man to have free reign with whatever God says you want. You can have it. You just can't take my glory. You name a nation, I'll send you there. You desire that, I'll give it to you. Whatever you want. Just do not steal my glory. And at the end, Joseph doesn't expect to see his family again. He doesn't expect to be reunited with his brethren. But he sees them in Egypt. And he sees them wanting. He sees them hungry. He sees them destitute, 
desperate, looking for something to cause them to survive. And those same brethren that wanted to kill him and sold him into slavery and left him, forsook their own flesh and blood, are the very same ones that came and bowed before him and needed him for their survival. And I believe that that is going to happen, that the very ones that want this church to be destroyed, the very ones that want to see this place fail, that would love for this man to be destroyed, that would love for everything that God has spoken here to never come to pass, every one of them at some point are going to come and are going to have to say, what do I need to do that I may hear from the Lord again, that my church doesn't die, that my family is not lost, The Lord is not playing. But here's the thing. Joseph was a man of character, a man of integrity, and a godly man. And he could have had his family. He could have treated them the exact same way he was treated. But he said, don't worry about it. What you meant for harm, God turned for good. You wanted to destroy me, but God sent me here to preserve you. And God is sending this church under the authority of the apostle Bishop Jackson. He is preparing this church to be in a place to cause preservation to come to other bodies and other regions that cannot find it for themselves because there is a famine spiritually. And they're going to have to come and say, I need what you have. I need your resources.
Here we give the Lord some of the glory. good and I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of the way um, I, I want to say one more thing the I said earlier the least is always overlooked the one that you least expect is the one God can use and others who think of themselves more highly than they ought to they will look at the one who does not exalt themselves and think, what is God going to do there? And they will judge. That spirit is the reason why they are where they are. And it's the reason why this church is where it is. This makes sense to me. I feel like God gave this to me. I've also been reading about Mary and Martha. And I've been... Really, it just evaluating myself because I feel like, man, I'm always, I'm always taking care of the house of God. But Lord, am I taking care of you? And I want to make sure that I'm not so focused on the physical structure here that I forget to take care of the spiritual house that He's supposed to reside in. But what I what I think the Lord showed me is that Martha had that same spirit that Joseph's brothers had looking at Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and thinking, what are you doing? Why are you, what, that's not going to accomplish anything. Look at all the things we need to be doing. And you think that's going to help you? I'm going to keep you down. I'm going to belittle what you're doing, the efforts that you're making. And so every church wants to judge because they're doing they're, they're preparing. They're setting up. There's the decorations. There's the lights. There's the perfect music. There's this, there's that. I'm busying myself with all of these things that I think are important. But they fail to forget that they have to sit at the feet of Jesus. And if they don't, all the rest of that means absolutely nothing. So the brothers of Joseph could busy themselves making all their plans for who they thought they were going to be, and I'm sure they were flexing on each other all the time as brothers do and wrestling and trying to prove who's, who's the most macho. But little Joseph was the one God chose. The Lord said, Mary is the one who has chosen that good thing. Martha, you can judge your sister for sitting at my feet if you want to, but she chose the good thing, and you're out doing things that mean absolutely nothing in this moment. And that's what has happened here. This man and this body have chosen that good thing, to sit at the feet of the Lord and to let the Lord speak and direct and pour into, so that when it's time to go and to work and put the hands to the plow, we're doing it the way the Lord said this is how to do it. Not doing it the way we think it should be done first and then asking God, why is this not working? 